Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 382nd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always... I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is saying last week that my appointment viewing event for the coming week would be the Celtics-Lakers yesterday at 3.30 Eastern Time, and that indeed turned out to be true. It was uh, a lot like the old days. The game was played at uh, the Staples Center out in L.A., and they got it on uh, in a big way. Celtics really uh, played great out there. They held the lead through much of the second half into the fourth quarter, deep in the fourth quarter. And then uh, the Lakers, and especially LeBron, turned it on. And ultimately, LeBron won the game with the fadeaway jumper. And it was just great to see these two uh, competing on a high level again. They're both uh, Lakers are leading the West. Celtics are right there in the East behind the Bucks, of course. And a real possibility that they could... Uh, Meet up again in the NBA Finals, just like the old days. So Jason Tatum has really, for the Celtics, has really upped his game. Recently had 41 yesterday, and he's just turning into a scoring machine. And easy to forget that he was traded. Uh, The Celtics traded the number one pick, which turned out to be Markel Fultz. Now with the Orlando Magic. Uh, And for that, they got Jason Tatum, who would have been maybe the uh, second or third pick. So, uh, and was indeed exactly that by the Celtics. So they got their man and they also got uh, some compensation from the uh, 76ers when they made the pick. So Danny Ainge did it again. And now Jason Tatum is just turning into a superstar, a team leader and one of the premier young players in the NBA. My low light, of, oh, and speaking before I move on, my speaking of the Staples Center, today, of course, uh, within the hour, is the Kobe and Gianna Gigi Bryant Memorial Service at the Staples Center. 
Uh, feels like yesterday's game was somewhat related in that uh, certainly the Lakers wanted to win that one for Kobe the day before his public memorial service. And it's really interesting that it's being held on 2-24-20, today's date. Uh, Kobe, of course, was number 24 along with number 8. And uh, 2 was his daughter's number uh, as a basketball player. And so it was really uh, just well done by the Lakers. And I'm sure... Uh, today is going to be an outpouring of emotion, to put it mildly. And again, just well done across the board by the NBA, the Lakers, and everybody, including players who apparently uh, will be there today, who have uh, basically been excused by their teams to attend this event, which is going to be something special, no doubt about it. Well, moving on, my... Low light of the week is the highly anticipated heavyweight championship fight out in Vegas on Saturday night. And the low light was Deontay Wilder's corner throwing in the towel. Uh, you don't hear that phrase all that much these days as, as boss boxing interest has declined, shall we say. Uh, and Wilder himself was clearly uh, not happy that his corner threw in the towel. Uh, it happened in the seventh round. So Tyson Fury, his opponent, uh, is the reigning heavyweight champion of the world. And uh, it was nice to see just a good old-fashioned high-interest heavyweight boxing match. Feels like it's been a while. Uh, of course, so many of us grew up on everything from Ali Frazier uh, and and beyond. And it's just been a long, long time since there was anything to really, really get the juices flowing in the heavyweight boxing division. But this fight had it. A lot of buildup, a lot of coverage. Uh, they were pushing each other and shoving each other at uh, one of the pre-fight events, weigh-in, what have you, and uh, and it turned into just good fight, and uh, but a rather surprising ending. And my bizarre story of the week is the Carolina Hurricanes emergency goalie David Ayers. Uh, being called into uh, emergency service, shall we say, as a goalie. It's a thing, not a thing that's happened a couple years ago with another emergency goalie. Now it's happened again. And uh, But every there's an emergency goalie basically at every NHL game, and I actually know the emergency goalie, uh, or has been in the past for the Boston Garden. Uh, and... Uh, David Ayers, at age 42, a Zamboni driver, was called in to play for the Carolina Hurricanes and ended up getting the win at age 42, which actually set uh, a number of records uh, in the NHL. Um, oldest goalie to win a game 
so on and so forth. So good for him. Uh, that's what you truly call living the dream. And, uh, and he's got a lot of pub. Was on the Today Show this morning. Was on the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, radio show this morning as well. Uh, just an hour or two ago I was listening. And they actually made an interesting point that the game, of course, was the Hurricanes against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And apparently Ayers is an employee, as in drives the Zamboni for the Maple Leafs. Uh, that's what they were discussing on the Dan Patrick show. They had him as a guest. And, uh, and isn't that ironic that he was called in as an emergency goalie and he beat basically his employer <laughs> playing for the other team. So can't make this stuff up. That is for sure. And uh, lots of things going on, as always, in the world of sports, uh, even though it's uh, known as the quietest month of the year here in February. But we did have Patrick Reed, very tenacious, hanging in there and, uh, and ultimately winning uh, the WGC stop down in Mexico City over the weekend. He came uh, from a couple down to Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, their big names on the leaderboard included the likes of Rory McIlroy, but it was Reed who walked away uh, with the win in the end, even, uh, even getting a bogey on the final hole, but yet having enough to, uh, to put it away. So, uh, Patrick Reed, interesting story. He's just uh, uh, hangs in there. I was actually down at the Masters uh, at an earlier round, not on Sunday, the final round, but the year he won the Masters a couple years ago. And uh, he, of course, is mired in controversy over some of his actions in a sand trap a while back. And uh, cheating has been... Uh, swirling around him or uh, non-golf etiquette at minimum, shall we say. And, uh, and he just keeps on plugging along. So we all know his, him from the Ryder Cups, of course, and he tends to, uh, controversy tends to follow him, but it doesn't seem to bother him. So hats off to him on his eighth PGA victory. Uh, Lots going on in baseball, spring training in uh, full force this week in Florida and in Arizona. A lot of excitement. I've been spending some time uh, here in Florida and, again, just uh, a lot of excitement. For instance, Pirates play the Yankees tonight at George Steinbrenner Field in Tampa. And, uh, again, full slate of games getting underway basically today and uh so yeah so it's a, it's a great uh uh great take for sure spring training games and uh and it's turned into big business to say the least and lots of fans flood to florida as well as arizona I was out in arizona a couple years ago when uh, right in downtown Scottsdale was the Giants spring training facility, San Francisco Giants. And uh, it was really cool. And speaking of the Giants, a uh, story came out over the weekend that Madison Bumgardner has been working in ra- rodeos. Not radio, rodeo. And uh, a unique individual, to say the least. Of course, 
one of the all-time World Series heroes, postseason heroes from a few years back when he was basically unhittable. Uh, the year they beat the uh, Kansas City Royals and uh, to win the World Series. So he continues to uh, add to his, uh, again, resume, shall we say. And just a pretty fascinating character. But we'll never forget the, uh, the postseason he had a few years back. And then uh, also speaking of cheating, uh, you know, the Houston Astros uh, cheating scandal just continues to get worse, not better. I was hearing stories that fans in their own ballpark were banging on trash cans, which, of course, was uh, part of the story that that's how they were signaling each other to uh, let batters know what was coming what was being pitched, things like that, the sign stealing. And so it's really, uh, you know, again, they train over in uh, the east coast of Florida. And again, this story just continues to get worse. And just looping back to what I said about spring training, the Astros are here in Florida. Therefore, uh, not only are they going to be playing at home where they've already been getting uh, reaction from the fans, shall we say, negative and they're soon to hit the road and be playing games in other teams' ballparks, and it will assuredly uh, become very interesting. You just have to assume that there's going to be a ton of negative reaction. It will be the first opportunity for baseball fans in general, teams that they may have beaten along the way or uh, – Back, especially in 2017, the World Championship year, that uh, are going to have their voices finally be heard, and it really gets going today. So, uh, uh, never a dull moment, that's for sure. So, should be interesting to see. And now, let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, AP Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Ingleby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, uh, good morning, uh, John. Glad to be on the show. Good morning to you, too, and uh, appreciate you joining us as always. And uh, February is nearly over which is probably a good thing from a sports fan's point of view because after the Super Bowl, there's a bit of a black hole and not a whole lot going on. But <laughs> that, that's, uh, as you well know and I well know, and all sports media well knows. But that's coming to an end, AP. We got a lot of things uh, starting to pick up again as uh, March is looming here. And, uh, yeah, so we'll start with, uh, you know, College sports, as we like to do, uh, given your propensity for covering so many college sports, and uh, sounds like you uh, caught some over the weekend. Yeah, John, I was watching the uh, Alabama Ole Miss game, and Alabama came up with a 103 to 78 victory in Oxford, and that's a difficult place for them to win. But they set a school record: the 103 points was the most scored by the Crimson Tide in a road game. They're not going to overtime in program history, and this is the third time this year they hit the century mark. So, you know, Alabama wow. basketball win, lose, or draw—they're scoring a lot of points. They sure are. Well, I'm sure the fans are loving that. Everybody loves offense, as we well know, and uh, that's a fascinating fact. Most points ever in uh, in history in a non-overtime game. I love that. Uh, so they won, of yeah, course, on the on the road. Yeah, on the road. Yeah. So they needed that win. They were uh, had a slight letdown during the week against Texas A&M, a team that they should have beaten at home. So they're in that middle ground area where they're trying to uh, reach the NCAA tournament. I don't know, it's a long shot, but they have some games left and winnable winnable ball games, matter of fact. And so they're trying to win those games and then get to the SEC tournament and come up some, with some victories there. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, yeah, that, you know, that's what the good thing is about these postseason conference tournaments. Everybody has a shot to, you know, 
uh, wake up and make a run. And it's happened in the past. It will probably happen again this year. And anybody else coming out of the SEC? Of course, we always know there's Kentucky looming. Um, I, I just heard something over the weekend that, you know, uh, some people are calling them, quote, a dark horse, which is kind of hard to believe uh, <laughs> to win it all. <laughs> Keeping in mind that there's really no, this may be the most wide open year in recent memory, if not ever. There's no clear favorite. Kansas beat Baylor over the weekend out there in the Big 12, meaning, uh, you know, Baylor had something like a 15, 16 game winning streak or thereabouts. And uh, so Kansas brought them back to earth. So now it's just wide open AP. So who do, who do you see from the SEC making some noise on the national level? Well, you know, Auburn's a, t- a difficult team to beat. I mean, they're never out of the game. Take, for instance, they were playing at home against Tennessee. Right. And they were losing by 17 points, and they came all the way back to win. I think the score right. was 73-67, uh, 73-66. So uh, the Auburn Tigers, I mean, they just play that frenetic pace. Bruce Pearl, he's got his team usually playing with intensity. And I just like them. They don't shoot as well as they did last year. But if you're looking to have win two games, two straight weekends for four wins to get to the Final Four in Atlanta, you know, Auburn has, has got as good a chance as anybody. You're absolutely right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they make the Final Four last year or perhaps the year before? Final Four last year. Yep. Should have won the go. game in the semifinals. Uh, some officiating and some other things happened and they came so I mean I they came oh so close I mean right it, it, just, just a play or two from uh, playing for the championship and I think they would have won it if they got to that final game and that was without their best player who was injured right I remember that yeah well you know the the comeback they made uh, on Saturday was uh I think their second biggest comeback of the year and Bruce Pearl saw the post game interview on the court and he was as animated as I can remember seeing him. And that is saying something. <laughs> yes. He's an animated yes. guy, but he was yes. absolutely yes. Uh, off the charts with how happy he was. And, and ESPN flashed something up on the screen that it was like their maybe fourth, if not fifth double digit comeback this year, but this was the second biggest one coming from 17 down. So boy, you know, that's the kind of thing that could, kind of a comeback win that could really set them up for a big run in both the SEC and carry it into the uh, March Madness. Yeah, and they won that game without their best player, uh, the freshman. Uh, you know, he's about six foot six, good defensive player, rebounded strong, going to the goal. And uh, so, I mean, that's a testimony to the the coaching staff and the head coach and that team, really, that you can come up with victories in the SEC without your best player. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. Well, Okura. Oku- yeah, Okura. Yeah. Okura. Okay. So there's the first of many teams to watch. And uh, so that should be fine. Anybody else out of the SEC that you think has a chance to uh, make some noise come March? Well, LSU is one of the better teams. They kind of have an up and down season though. Right now, a little bit of right. a slump. Uh, uh, the coach he was kind of mystified by 
some of the things that were happening with his ball club. They keep making the same mistakes. And he said, they asked him about any changes. He said, well, I don't have any options. I have to keep using these players. If I did, I'd use them. So he kind of put the pressure on his own team. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, LSU, again, storied history from Pete Maravich to, Sh- to Shaq. <laughs> they've had some players. They've made noise, that's right. for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, they, 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 they have some talent there, no doubt about that. So they, they could, uh, you know, potentially make a run as well. And, yeah, it's just going to be interesting. I mean, Baylor, as we know, has just been on a basically a two-month roll. And uh, but Kansas took them down. Kansas is in the mix. Baylor's in the mix. Duke, as always, is in the mix. One team that's not in the mix, AP, is North Carolina, the Tar Heels, having their worst season yeah. in basically forever. Um, and Roy Williams has been acting very un-Roy Williams-like after some of the losses. And uh, yeah, it's kind of. Hard to even believe it's occurring before our very eyes. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand what happened over there. I probably had some injuries. I mean, I didn't do follow did. it closely, but but um, even if they have, I mean, Auburn, like I said, their best players injured. They're still winning games. I don't know how many injuries North Carolina had, but you would think with their roster, they usually have a lot of depth, right? And it just gives another outstanding player a chance to produce. It's not like they're putting in somebody that can't, you know, they can't make another team. I mean, these guys probably go somewhere else and start. So, oh, no doubt. I don't know, you know. So, it is very, very surprising that Carolina's having difficulty winning. Yeah, well, they had a, you know, they got off to a rocky start because their uh, best player, Cole Anthony, son of former UNLV player Greg Anthony, who we all remember from those great Jerry Tarkanian yeah. teams yeah. was, uh, you know, he was the, basically their, their star. And I think in his first game or two before he got injured, he was indeed a star. He was just uh, electric. And then he went down. I think he's back. But, you know, I, I think it went a long way towards just throwing off the entire team. Uh Period. Just that simple. But you said it perfectly, AP. A lot of teams lose their stars and keep on rolling. And, uh, you know, for some reason, it just isn't happening for North Carolina. And it's just shocking to see. I mean, a losing record overall. I think there's last I saw was like 10 wins and 15 losses. Uh, Losing record, of course, in the ACC. So just... Just stuff, you know, we're just simply not used to seeing and, and to a certain degree have never seen. I think they had one losing season in the past 20 or 30 seasons, which is saying something, under Coach Matt Doherty. But I think that may be their only losing season in decades. So it, it's yeah, crazy. It's shocking. Was, yeah. Right, right. It's, it's unbelievable that a program like North Carolina struggling in basketball, you, you wouldn't predict that type of scenario. Oh, exactly. Plus, you know, they could have salvaged their season or at least a piece of pride. They had Duke basically beaten uh, a mere week or two ago down yeah. in Chapel Hill. It would have, you know, it would have saved their season. You know, um, people would have rationalized it and said Tar Heels fans would have just said, you know, horrible season, but at least we beat Duke. 
And Duke came back from, you know, to tie it and then came back to win it unbelievably on an air ball tip in at the buzzer. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So rather than being the high point, if maybe not the only high point of the season, it turned out to be basically the low point of the season. So. Yes. Yeah, that would have been a tremendous victory for me. 10 and 17, John. 10 and 17. 10 and 17. So I was basically right. So it, mean, what, so it means they've lost two more since uh, since I last happened to right. see their record. Right. And, but AP, it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, they're one of the regional rounds is down here in Tampa. And I know the region's all already excited. So you mix that in with... Uh, it's going to be a great week in third week of March in Tampa where... You have the Valspar Golf Tournament, uh, which is a fabulous one at Innisbrook uh, in Palm Harbor, right near Tampa. And you have NCAA March Madness opening round, I believe, uh, which would be Thursday and Saturday, like March 19th and 21st. Innisbrook, of course, uh, Valspar will be going all week long in Innisbrook. Spring training course in full force you know uh george steinbrenner field literally right down the road from amelie arena which is where the lightning play which is where the march madness will be played so uh florida fun place to be this time of year to say the least so uh but that week in particular is just going to be off the charts and then they're hosting the super bowl next year by the way which i know you knew right so right uh, Life is good in Tampa in more ways than one. Good, you know, for sports fans too. So, oh yeah, absolutely, John. Yeah, good, good spot to be, Tampa, Florida, around there. No doubt, no doubt, great spot to be, and hard to believe, AP. We've already come to the end of our first segment together. Still, some things to get to, as always, and we'll do that on the other side. So, don't go anywhere. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama Mm -hmm. football and many other sports as well. And A.P., last segment we talked about uh, college basketball, this segment, we're going to talk about uh, college football, but also rolls right into the NFL because it is Combine Week. Always a big week for all college players, but in particular for the Alabama program, who in recent years have been uh, churning out first-round draft picks left and right. Uh, you know, typically have a dozen or so players at the Combine, and... Uh, and again, lots of intrigue with uh, the combine, led of course by Tua, as well as the fabulous Alabama receivers. So, Tua, Tua he, he's clearly, uh, in many ways, maybe the story of the draft. Uh, perhaps right behind Joe Burrow. Um, what's the latest on Tua, AP? Yeah, two will be at the combine. I'm not sure if he's going to throw, uh, John. That's a, I don't believe that's going to happen. But he wants to be there to, uh, to uh, participate in the in the interviews with the NFL teams, and he probably have some MRI. They'll check him out and uh, CAT scan those types of things. So it's important for him to get associated with these teams. But Alabama will have ten players, John. Wow, which is tied with tied with Georgia for the third most. LSU sixteen. Oh my gosh, sixteen people, John, at the combine. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State eleven each. Holy cow! I wonder if that LSU number of sixteen players attending the combine will be. Uh, it sounds like that could be an all-time record. Uh, that's a big number. Say yeah, the least. Yeah, it's a huge number. Oh, yeah. Auburn and Notre Dame and Utah, nine. Florida okay. and Miami, eight. Okay, last year Alabama led with 11, but but this year they're third with Georgia at 10 behind LSU, Michigan, Ohio State at 11. Wow. No, that's interesting. Uh, I find Utah with nine, I believe you said, being in there. You know, Utah made a lot of noise. They were, you know, climbed high in the rankings, if I'm not mistaken, certainly in the top ten, if not the top five at a certain point. 
And uh, so this is just another indicator that Utah has arrived as a big-time college program. It's certainly been uh, nibbling at the edges for a number of years now. That's where Urban Meyer coached, let's not forget. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, so here they are. And this is almost like the exclamation point that, like, hey, you know, Utah – Uh, has arrived on the college football powerhouse scene, no doubt about it. Uh, So good good for them. I think it's great. And and how about Michigan and Ohio State with 11 each, but they're in different places on the totem pole for college football? Yeah, I mean, you know, Michigan did not have their best year. We all know that. I was lucky enough to get to see them in person when they played Penn State in the whiteout on October 19th. And... uh, you know, they ended up going down early, but making a big comeback. Uh, couldn't quite get it done. Um, and, of course, couldn't quite get it done against Ohio State yet again at the end of the year. But they're Michigan. So you, you know that they always have NFL talent. And, uh, and of course, Ohio State. I mean, if it's not Tua and Joe Burrow, I, I would say the, you know, the other – Hugely intriguing prospect is, of course, Chase Young, you know, a true game wrecker when he gets it going, of course, can uh, play with his hand in the ground or upright as a linebacker, basically can play anywhere on the field and can literally take over games, which he did many times in his college career. So uh, you have to assume he's going guaranteed top five, probably top three. And who knows how it'll all turn out. Uh, maybe even higher than that. So that'll be interesting to watch. So he, he's headlining the Ohio State Combine delegation, that's for sure. Yeah, and then you look at the quarterback from Oregon, I think, too, Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah, Justin Herbert. He closed strong. You know, he played well at the end of the year, and then I think he won MVP in one of the All-Star games, East-West Shrine game or whatever it was. So his yeah, star has been senior rising. Bowl. Senior, bowl, yeah. senior bowl. There you go. Yeah. 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 Senior bowl. So he's a good looking athlete. And, but, you know, the quarterback position, John, as we always have discussed through the years, nobody seems to have a handle on evaluating that position, you know, because uh, they make a lot of mistakes, a lot of busts at that position. No doubt about it. And, you know, I was in a restaurant on Saturday sitting beside someone wearing a Bengals hat. We got to talking. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is just a sign of the times. And I loved it. She just said that, uh, I mean, she was like literally from up north, but said her husband has Ohio roots and is a Bengals Bengals fan, hence the Bengals hat. So the Joe Joe Burrow effect, and this was in Florida, Disney World, to be exact. (laughs) Um, The Joe Burrow effect can show up anywhere, including uh, Hollywood Studios. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was was just great to see and that she's wearing the hat but not have an allegiance, per se, to the Bengals herself. And, you know, uh, so I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that. I mean, AP, can you even begin to imagine that the Bengals wouldn't choose him i mean he grew up there you know southern ohio native um but but based on statements he's made and whatnot there, there seems to be just the slightest bit of like cat and mouse or something going on 
um, when it should have been like, there's never been a better marriage made in heaven than this one, right? No, I mean, why not pick Joe Burrow? He's he's tall. Right. They like quarterbacks that can have vision over the big defensive and offensive lines to see the receivers and be able to scope out the, the schemes and the formations. So why wouldn't you take Joe Burrow? He played at the highest level of football in the SEC, undefeated this year, played against all the top competition and was successful. They beat a, a handful of ranked football teams. It's a once in a lifetime season. And totally. uh, so I, I mean I don't know what else I don't know what else you need to see from Joe Burrow. Yeah, he had arguably the greatest season by a quarterback in college football history. Don't know the exact numbers, but it sounds like something that like sixty touchdowns and five picks, just unheard of. Right. They beat they right. beat three or four touchdowns. tough what was it? I th- I, 60 touchdowns, and I think it was maybe six top-ranked teams, John. I think it was something yeah, like yeah. that. Certainly five or six, at least five. Top 10 yeah. teams. Like, that's incredible. I don't think that's ever been done before. It just goes on and on. And then, you know, say we want about the Bengals, good, bad, or indifferent. They have a legacy of quarterbacks. I mean, I remember, I go, you know, Ken Anderson was a really good quarterback. Boomer Esiason. Carson Palmer, before he got hurt, um, was just headed for superstardom, it appeared. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, Andy Dalton. Um, so, you, you know, when you put that, again, just history of quality quarterbacks that they've had, quite a lineage, they, they simply have to pick them. I mean, the Bengal fans would just be beside themselves if they didn't, but yet... You know, and I know this is typical pre-draft stuff. I get it. There are everybody's already thinking contracts on both sides. That's the way it works. But nonetheless, they, they, you know, they just simply have to pick them. There's never been a more obvious choice, I don't think, in in forever. <laughs> Quite frankly, given yeah. he's a native. Oh yeah, the Cincinnati area. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would I, I would be so I would be shocked if they didn't select yeah. Joe Burrow. Yes. I mean, that's the number one position in the NFL. It's the number one position in college. Right, right. You know, I, I can't help but wonder. I mean, you know, the thing that makes the Joe Burrow story so great is everybody loves the quote redemption story. And, you know, he went to Ohio State. He was never quite able to get that starting job, but up against just terrific, terrific competition from Braxton Miller to JT Barrett. Um, and, you, you know, I just wonder if, you know, but then he just proved everybody wrong, went down to LSU. He, he didn't prove him wrong. I mean, Ohio State's quarterbacks were great, too. But he got his chance, went down yeah. to LSU, had a serviceable first year down there, and then last year just did what we just said he did, which is one of the great seasons by a quarterback in college football history. So it'll just be interesting to see, uh, you know, I've, I've just wondered, is there any doubt lingering about why you know his Ohio State years and by the way I just want to add you know he's a likable guy like he was so gracious great Heisman speech and he thanked in that speech like everybody at Ohio State you know really a class act in doing that I thought that jumped out of me so there's a lot to like with this guy to say the least outstanding leader I mean you need that at the position as well right Oh, absolutely. Teammates love them. They love them. Just love them. They, they like, 
I don't know if LSU uh, has ever adopted. Uh, I mean, he just basically is like, was adopted by the state of Louisiana, to say the least. And uh, so it's just been wonderful. Uh, it's just a great story, really heartwarming in every way. And they said that, you know, maybe the only person more popular than Joe Burrow in Louisiana was his father, <laughs> who basically <laughs> retired from coaching football so he could watch his son's game, games right. his senior year. And boy, what a smart move, huh? There's no job could ever give him the, the satisfaction he got no. from watching his son this year, obviously. That was priceless. 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 Like the best decision ever. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, you, you know? Nothing is certain until Roger Goodell steps to the podium, right? Um, we've yes, seen absolutely. crazy stuff before. Wait. Yeah, that's what usually happens. No doubt about it, AP. Uh, well, we're at the end of our second segment. These go so quickly. And uh, why don't we take our final break? Still a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Well, 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And my pick of the week for appointment viewing is baseball's spring training games get underway in earnest today here in Florida, out in Arizona. Uh, It's a great thing, great take in person. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people, even though it's just spring training, there's uh, a lot of people uh, are going to be excited just to be able to tune some baseball in after a few months off. And, uh, and clearly watching Astros games here in spring training is going to be interesting given the cheating scandal and AP even in their own home park over in Palm Beach, West Palm Beach. Fans were banging on trash, trash cans in their own home parks, or they're about to hit the road today. <laughs> For the next month, they'll be playing, obviously, away games at other teams' ballparks. And AP, everybody's waited, waiting with bated breath as the fans will finally have their say on the Astros controversy. Yeah, John, <laughs> isn't that going to be interesting? What's going oh, to happen quite, every time quite. you go to a ballpark? It'll be the whole season wherever they travel. They'll have the the booze and they'll be loud and vociferous and it'll be uh, plenty of times where you're gonna probably have to wear earplugs if you're the Houston Astros. And agree more, AP. I'm, I'm, you know, there's a lot of uh, chatter going on around that, and it already started again in their home park for spring training over in uh, the East Coast, Palm Beach area, West Palm, Palm Beach. And but it's really about hitting the road, and it'll be really interesting if they are playing teams that they beat, you know, along the way in 2017 to win that world championship. But switching sports back to football, interesting news on really a big name in college football, one that you and I are very familiar with uh, from covering, you know, the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Charlie Strong, back in the news, right? Yeah, Charlie Strong, you know, he was dismissed from the University of South Florida, and he was looking for a potential place to land for this coming season. If, I mean, he's going to be paid by the, the Bulls, obviously. But Nick Saban convinced him to come on board as a defensive analyst. You know, Alabama's been giving up quite a few points against these elite and talented quarterbacks. So I think it's a welcome addition to the staff. Charlie Strong is known for running that four-two-five and uh, blitzing, you know, 10 players. I mean, any one of 10 players, they'll keep one player on a certain side of the football, but any one of those 10 players can affect and harass the quarterback. He likes a middle linebacker that can stop the run like any good football coach, but I think it'd probably help Alabama's defense. I mean, that's the intent. Uh, Nick Saban always looking for different voices. He has six former head coaches on his staff at the moment, uh, John. I think Mike Steves might be headed to Kentucky, but, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, who elected to stay at Alabama and not take the Colorado Buffalo's job as the head coach out there. So he's reaching almost close to $3 million to be the offensive coordinator, which is not too bad, John, right, at this day and age. Not at all. Not bad at all. Um, no, no, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Butch Jones around, Major Applewhite. So there's a lot of head coaches uh, uh, at Alabama, <laughs> a lot of former head coaches. Absolutely, AP. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say, boy, he has hired some really high-profile coaches to uh, 
to say the least. And here we have another one. But yeah, so yeah, Steve Sarkeesian currently on the offensive side of the ball. Charlie Strong, he, we joined him on the defensive yes. side of the ball. And then you have Major Applewhite as well. Major Applewhite, you have Mike Stoops at the moment, but I think he's probably going to Kentucky with his brother to be uh, on the staff up there. And uh, so, you know, there's, you know, six, you know, Butch Jones, and there's one more. The name escapes me at the moment. I forgot, but six head coaches wow. around the program. That's remarkable. I mean, we've all made note of it when they arrive or are hired, what have you. But, you know, Frank, I'll speak for myself. I haven't stepped back and taken a look lately. Uh, but certainly the Charlie Strong news causes you to do that. And and now to know that there's actually six head coaches, and not just head coaches, AP. These are names, you know, every college football fan recognizes immediately, to say the least. Yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, th- think about this, John. Here's the guy seen as the best college football coach of his era, and he's bringing on head coaches. I mean, he's not afraid to have anybody. Right. Oh, Kyle Flood of, of Rutgers. That's the sixth one. I couldn't remember oh, yeah. his name. Kyle Flood. Yeah, yeah, well, he, he's not threatened. He, he's one of the no. few who can truly say they have – 100% complete job security. Uh, he, Nick Saban is as close as it gets, and that's stating the obvious. Um, but that's why I think, you know, he, he could do this because he has no reason to worry about it. Bringing the best talent in and uh, former head coaches. So good for him. I think it's great. I do. I really like that he does that. Uh, you know, he had, he, of course, in the past, no longer there, but people who went, you know, Lane Kiffin, quite notably, and uh, I'm, I'm guessing there's been others who have gone on, uh, you know, to other jobs, you know, were head coaches, went to Alabama, and I believe a couple may have gone on to other places as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Mike Loxley's at Maryland. That's yep. one. Right. And, of course, Lane Kiffin, as you, as you mentioned. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, just. It's it's incredible. I mean, just think of way, way back. And, you know, what if a Bo Schembechler or Woody Hayes or Coach Bryan or, I mean, Coach Bryan had, I could think, was maybe 39, I think, or maybe 40-plus assistants go on to be head coaches somewhere in, in football. So that's that's been the, the uh, trend at Alabama when they've had the two legendary figures. Yes, I think it's great. I do. I'd say Nick Saban not only has a coaching tree, he uh, has a coaching forest. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I guess on that note, we'll end. Uh, again, the show always comes quickly uh, at the end. And just want to thank you for calling in and really telling us, enlightening us a little more about the Alabama coaching forest. And, uh, and they... And again, we really appreciate your expertise as always from college basketball to NFL to Alabama and everything in between. Thank you, John. My pleasure. All right, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time.
Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.